0: Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop, and I am here with the lovely Annie Horth in Toronto via Montreal and New York and all kinds of other places. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here, Annie.
1: Of course. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Annie is a stylist, the co-chief creative director at Canuck and the creative director for Elle Canada. You are a busy lady. Lately, it's been
1: something, (laughs) (laughs) but it's good. It's good to be busy.
0: Before we get into your work with with Canuck and some of the other interesting things that you do, I want to take a step backwards. Can you tell us a little bit about where you were born? Do you have brothers and sisters? A little bit about where you come from. I was born in
1: Montreal, raised in Montreal, and. I actually, uh, was adopted and, um, my parents, my, my, my dad was a professional hockey player and my mom was quite chic and eccentric. And because, you know, I, I, I was thinking like where, how, how the, the, you know, the love for fashion kind of, kind of started. I, you know, there's all credits goes to my mom, for sure. And um, when I was, like, super, like, baby almost, um, she had a boutique, uh, and um, and I've heard many stories of people, like, living around who was, like, looking or waiting for my mom, like, church day, or to pass by their house to see what she would be wearing, and, you know, so on. So, you know, the the... the when I look back at my childhood, I, I remember thinking, oh my God, you know, when you're a child, mm-hmm. oh my God, what is mom going to wear today? This is, you know, it was so eccentric for me, you know, like a She would as have a had child. a killer Instagram account if she uh, was yeah, young today. <laughs> exactly. For sure. For sure. You know, and she, she was, she was always, and she's still super modern. So, um, I, you know, the, 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 everything about that part, you know, I've been so lucky, you know, being adopted, it's like I was saved, I guess. And, uh, two years after they adopted a boy. So my brother, uh, who passed away now. And, um, so yeah, lovely memories of, of the childhood.
0: What kind of, of child were you when you think back to that, like kind of
1: pre-teenager
0: self, how would you describe yourself?
1: Um, I I was I was pretty shy. You know, I I'm, I I see myself as still pretty shy, but um I guess, you know, at some point you decide that you're going to like, you know, not be so shy anymore. Like it won't like block you from to do things that you want to do. But I think that it took quite long. And so in my uh teenager years and stuff, I, I was uh yeah, pretty shy, but always um Curious and always, uh, you know, wanting to, to, to try things. And, and I, I was also doing a lot of sport, with, which I don't at all anymore, like since years and years and years. Um, so I think my first things like things like clothes or whatever, you know, love for fashion, you're to laugh, came from my love for sneakers, It's crazy, no? That's
0: amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I collected sneakers, you know, like I became obsessed with sneakers when I was a teenager because I was playing basketball. So I would like have, you know, friends who were a bit older than me drive all the way to Plattsburgh to buy some like rare sneakers, whatever. Anyway, so it's, you know, that was kind of the first thing that I was like, gotta have it, you know? That's amazing. Ahead of your time. On the like whole sneaker trend thing, right? Uh, (laughs) It wasn't about fashion, you know, it was really, I don't know, something like, uh, and when I had like a new, like, you know, how they smell, you know, the new pair. Like
0: new shoe smell,
1: like Um, new car smell. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it would take like a week or two before I would start wearing them. And anyway, I will stop with my craziness with sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: when do you think you realized that fashion was more than simply covering your body with clothing? Do you have, I mean, obviously you said your mom was a huge influence, mm-hmm. but do you, do you have another moment where you sort of reflect on, wow, like I felt a power that was tangible because of fashion?
1: Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was during the same years, um... You know, there. I, I remember, you know, going to a few parties or going out and and looking at, um, you know, like I was too young for, uh, you know, like famous bars like uh, Studio Fifty Four, and but I would read or you know that, that's when I started like looking at a few magazines and being intrigued and stuff, and um, and couldn't wait to kind of go out or you know to these like great places and and but I was never um you know with with looks and clothes and like about over the top or exaggerated but I I guess you know with you know being brought up by a, an eccentric uh, mom um it's something that I always love and adore and look up to you know people who are like but um I, you know, I wasn't. it wasn't my thing. Like, you know, I'm, I've always, like, loved blazers and, you know, and uh, a pair of, of sneaky, uh, of, um, what am I saying, of um, slim pants or, you know, jeans. And so um, I guess my my love for fashion was more looking outside, looking at magazines and, you know, like discovering Steven Meisel and Bruce Weber, uh, you know, uh, in the 80s with the amazing Calvin Klein ads in the 80s? Oh, they were... I was talking just the other day
0: about the um, the Tom uh, Hitnos, um, I think that's how you say it, the, the shot that Weber did for Calvin Klein underwear that was the first underwear billboard in okay. Times Square. Like,
1: and, and it became, like, it just Huge, exploded. that they shot in
0: Santorini, like, unbelievable.
1: Oh, yeah, all these shots in Santorini. And... I would like put these. Do you remember how big was the W then? The magazine oh, yeah, W was huge. huge, and uh, so and and it wasn't like um, tacked or attached in the center. It was just loose, like a, like a newspaper, let's say. So I would like put these like big posters on the wall, and so so I think you know that's when suddenly, the, you know, the, the, the love for images, for fashion images, definitely
0: started. Is your education background in fashion? I mean, you, you're known for being steeped in the fashion industry. Has that been your whole professional life has always been in fashion?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, actually, um, I, I studied fashion design. So um, the, the, the first year, I you know, I always think that when you're like 16, 17, 17 at 16 years old, it's, it's so young to suddenly you're supposed to know what you're going to do in life. It's crazy. ah, Isn't it crazy? But, um, so at that point I wasn't too sure. I waited a bit, um, like, uh, you know, for one year I, I actually did not even, I didn't go to school and, um, decided, okay, it's, it's fashion, you know, so, so I studied in fashion design and, um, I guess, you know, I was always, I always met some people who kind of you know, were influential or helped me like find my way, you know, through through this. But um yeah. did you go to school in Montreal? Yes, Salle College. Oh amazing. Their program's fantastic. I, I you know, I think they're good. They they definitely have a good reputation. I think, you know, they were good then, but they're even better now.
0: When did you discover that styling was something that was a passion or an interest or something that was uh-huh. something you could do
1: it's, it took me so long cuz when i think about it when i was you know like a teenager i would without knowing like um help people with that. And my brother, his friends, and some people I would, you know, I was working with, like, you know, summer jobs, um, would ask me for, you know, uh, help or going shopping with them and stuff. But I, I never thought of, you know, of of styling. It wasn't at all in my head. And, um, it's later on after, after I studied and I started working in the industry but more like as a assistant designer and pattern maker and stuff like that that I decided to go freelance and and still you know I was doing like I was creating clothes for a a certain clientele I was doing mostly leather I really loved leather and so I was like creating things but um after a year and a half of that, I, I became very lonely. It was like, wow, you know, it's, I'm always alone. I'm always doing this, you know, almost by myself. So I decided, and that is, is, is you know, it's when I think about it, you know, being shy like I am, it, it's a bit like out of character. I went to Elle magazine in uh, Elle Quebec and I offered... I. I tried meeting the editor-in-chief then, which I did, uh, Monique Robillard, uh, who is very significant uh, person I met in my in my career, if I may say. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I would like to write a column. And I, I never write. I, ne- I never did you know, anything like that before. So I said, I have this idea. It would be about like new talents, you know, a new generation and in anything, art, theater, cinema, fashion. And I would like to just do a little column would call, would be called like Chasseur de Tête, which is uh, a head hunter. Okay. And, um, and she, she really liked it. And she was like, okay, well, do you have experience can you do that and uh, you know and I was like no no it would be my first time (laughs) you know like really dumb but trust me (laughs) yeah exactly so but you know she was smarter than that and she said um um well you know we're gonna test it like can you you know write something uh, give it to me for like a you know deadline was like in 10 days or something so um in the meantime she called me back to meet me um, I, I had met her uh, two times already and she then proposed she said I, I imagine you I see you more being a stylist I think you you should try it she saw that in you after like <laughs> yeah brief two meetings. times wow yeah, yeah and actually when I when I met her the two times the second time she's amazing that woman she showed me these. Fabrics like from the I think 40s, 50s that you know was given to her by her grandmom, and she said, Now that I know that you know you create clothes and stuff, uh, I want to give you these fabrics because I I never use them, and I think that you know it would be a great use for you. Wow, yeah, so I decided to make something for her without her knowing it, so I didn't measure her or anything, and I made a a shirt, a silk shirt for her and um, that I gave her at some point. And, uh, you know, that's when she was like, okay, you know, that's that's what I see for you. I don't know if you're interested by that. And um, so that's how I started. She gave me, believe it or not, a story to style. And she said, I'm taking it on me. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't look good, if you don't like it, um, I'm, you know, like I, I take that chance. We'll, we'll just like throw it in the garbage if it's no good, but I think I have a good feeling and you should try it. That's amazing. I know. Like it's that's just unreal.
0: the power of being open to mm. what is being presented to you
1: in the moment, right? Like that is a fantastic story. Yeah. Yeah. And that woman is, is, uh, like, like I said, significant and how, generous and open and you know, I, I, I think of that very often because, you know, I, I come across like young people and I think, wow, you know, if I can also be, uh, you know, a nice person or a nice influence for, for, for you know, th- this person that I meet, because this was like life changing for the me. The power of generosity is just yes.
0: unparalleled, right? Yes. So how did you move from working with Elle to having your own clients? Like how did your Mm -hmm. styling career grow from there?
1: Um, I realized very quickly that um, I I loved styling. I loved editorials, but I wasn't really cut for, um, you know, let's say doing like uh, advertising for TV or working with like uh, agencies. And, you know, I was like, this is too Precise, you know. Sometimes it's too precise what they want, what they need. And I, I'm not good at that. I, I, I'm not good at uh, at doing the, um, you know, the leg work for someone else. So I was like, okay, it's got to be fun and creative and stuff. So it's gonna be editorials and stuff. And um, in that time, videos were very like it was like a big thing. So I started working with artists um, on videos and stuff, and that was kind of my commercial outlet, like to, you know, have some money because editorials, of course, we all know doesn't pay. And so, um, and at some point, um, I, you know, I was, after three missed opportunities with Celine Dion, First one was for Elle. I was supposed to do a cover with her at some point. I started at some point. I was told, oh, she has her own team, so it won't work. So I was like, okay, no problem. And then a second time was for um. um a show, a, a U.S. show, that they were taping in Quebec. And um, I was approached for that, and uh, I was supposed to do it. And last minute, again, I uh, was told that she had you know, her team and someone to work with. So the third time was this video director, uh, Alain Desrochers, who uh, told me who I work with a lot on, you know, different videos. And he said, um, would you want to do this video I'm going to do for Celine Dion for her new French album? And I was like, I I would love to, but I don't think it's going to work. You know, she has some people she works with and, you know, always happens that way. And this is early in her career, right? Yes. This is before the the Titanic. This is... Yes, before the (laughs) Titanic. Exactly. It was in 1995. So, um, but it finally was confirmed and uh, Alain was great he was like um, I told them because uh, you know he said no they they, they are trying you know stylist and she's kind of looking for the right person and stuff and I told them that they should meet you and it should be you and blah 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 so we did meet we hit it off it clicked really well and um, so we, you know, I, I, I was there for that. You know, my, my long experience with Celine is in two phases. So that phase was 1995 to, to 2000. So, so just as she was breaking into English exactly. and the big break in yeah. the U.S. and just you know at the beginning was like her biggest French album, which is mm-hmm. "Deux," um, you know biggest like success in the career. So that was great when I when I look at it because you know the the first few years were more about you know the the, the Europe and the the, the the French career, and the you know the last years of the the nineties were about the Titanic and all the, you know, the amazing... The stratosphere that she... Yeah. ...launched into. Amazing, like, breakout. And um, so, um, so, so, so that, at that point, I, you know, I decided um, to, you know, it was taking a lot of, of time, of course, and it was, like, becoming so big that I, con- and I, I wanted to continue doing fashion and editorial, which I loved and everything, so, um, I stopped, like, doing, like, more, um, you know, like, like I was saying, like, videos and other artists at that point, and, um, so, so just to finish that thing with the two phases, so... Then it's only in like at the end of 2006, beginning of 2007 that um, that I, I ran into Celine. We we ran into each other in an event, and uh, it was great. And she asked me to 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 work with her again. So you know, second phase of you know that great experience with Celine was from um, let's say 2007 till. 2000, beginning of
0: 2016. So when she's in Vegas and her residency there and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I actually, you know, the first residency, the long, um, you know, uh, five years, I think, uh, show that she 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 gave uh, in uh, in Las Vegas, I wasn't present, uh, which was between 2001 and 2006 and um so so when i started with her was the last like months of of, of how do you say that the last leg of the show yeah. um of that show and um and then it was like european tour taking chances and you know in 2007 and stuff so um th- this was great because at that point because i didn't work with her for you know quite a few years and stuff um and uh, it, we were both very excited to, you know, to work again. It was a and reunion. Reunion, exactly, exactly. And it was really so fun and so exciting. And, um, the, you know, that whole direction of, 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 you know, going more sexier and a bit edgier for Celine. And, you know, and the tour was uh, taking chances, which was the name and everything. So, you know, it was all like... Um, fun and great and new and in 2011 for the last show she presents in in las vegas uh, which i think the name was celine only uh, it was great it was like we decided to go more for that, you know, old fashioned like uh well, she's Hollywood, beautiful brand. gowns, couture,
0: couture like couture. gorgeous, huge yeah. dresses, yeah. huge lots of fabric and yeah. skirts. So. That
1: you know, at that time it was you know, my goal was okay, I'm gonna bring couture on stage. That was never done before because couture is um fragile most of the time, and precious, and all that, and could, uh, I mean, stage clothes, um, is always about, like, first of all, you you know, the, 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 pop star will have to, to wear this, like, forever, like, 50 times, or whatever, depending on the tour length, and, um, you know, you, you're gonna have, like, two copies, maybe three maximum, depending, but still, you know, it's gotta be, like, uh, you know, with like strong zippers, and you know, and quick changes, and like- quick changes. You know, that's the most important, and quick changes with Celine are super quick. You know, so um, so it was very interesting and very new to have that approach, you know, so, so Celine was the first person wearing Balmain on stage um, at that point and, you know, Givenchy Couture and, uh, you know, I I, of Versace. Exactly. So all that was, you know, now it seems like, oh, you know, this is almost the new normal because, you know, many stars started wearing or having like, um, you know, like Couture pieces made for stage. But, it was really like something that, um, that was different at at the time. And if you use Celine as kind of a a case
0: study for Mm -hmm. what the relationship is like between the stylist and, Mm -hmm. and the client, is it, is it truly a collaboration? Like would you and Celine sit down together and talk about the vision and what designers might make the most sense? Like what's the process like when you're working with someone?
1: It was always different you know from from uh, from a show to another to from a tour to another you know it, the the last years were very different than the first years, also because you know she was with a man that you know um, his health was not great in the last years so the preoccupation the you know was somewhere else you know and so um the 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 you know Mm -hmm. things that was important you know was somewhere else so um so she would at that time be maybe less involved than other times before you know um but, uh, of course, still, you know, there's a collaboration. It needs to be a collaboration because you want the person on stage to feel empowered, to feel beautiful, to feel strong, because the performance will be better, I think. You know, we're all like... Uh, and that performance can could that. be on stage or on the red
0: carpet or, you know, I presenting think. at the Academy Awards, like so many of mm-hmm. her Oscar outfits are you know, iconic from the Dior tuxedo in 1999 through to wearing, um, the, right. But it's <laughs> yeah. still like, it's such a clear image mm-hmm. for people or, it, um, there's a
1: beautiful green dress she wore. Mm-hmm. James uh, Gallon Oh, stunning. It was a vintage. I love that dress. And she did too. And it, you know, it was a great moment.
0: Um, How has the or has the, the, the role of the stylist evolved since you started in the business?
1: It did evolve quite a bit, I, I, I believe, because um, it's, it's before, my God, so many things kind of change. I think that before there was like a, you know, like a clear separation between a stylist that would do fashion only, a stylist that would like work with uh, celebrities only and stylists that would be like doing more like commercial work and, you know, advertising. And very rarely, and and also may I add, costume designers for movies and stuff. Okay, were so some you, of the
0: original stylists like they were the ones doing yeah, the red carpet completely. outfits, you know, years and years in the golden yes, age of Hollywood.
1: Yes, yes, like um, uh, you know, people like uh, Anne Roth or Edith Head or uh, Anne Roth, who is still alive actually and and kicking it and doing some great work. But it's um, it it was quite separated and like uh, like very you know different roles. And I think that now you 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 see more and more people like going from you know one thing to another. It's normal now, but it was quite separated. I remember thinking that at some point you know more like uh you know like around two thousand six seven eight, I was almost one of the only ones doing you know. All of it, like I was, you know, going from fashion to celebrity work to creating everything for stage look. Because that's another thing too. Very often you'll you'll have celebrities will have a stylist that will work with them on, you know, like uh, fashion editorials for for magazines or you know, like doing some some red carpet only. But um, it's it's not the same doing the stage. Looks not that it's not about direction and stuff. It's just like the technical aspect of it to have clothes that work, that will uh, be, uh, I don't know, like uh, that will last, that will you know live through <laughs> just crazy the movement that's required and movement and sweat and you know and everything, and the quick changes you know that will ruin a dress in a second if it's not made for that. So you know, I would like. Um, have because I guess s- certainly that my uh, studying in fashion design, creating clothes for years. Actually, the beginning, the very beginning, uh, you know, of my work with Celine, like in the first phase in the '90s, um, it was a period where the fashion was very beige, very beautiful, but very classic. Like Armani was like you know was amazing and. Um, um, you know helmet line uh, at the end of the 90s was quite stark uh, but you yeah know, there was amazing no ornamentation hardly it was minimal at all very minimal the minimal years and so for stage it didn't work you know like it's very nice to you know to have like a a nice gray cashmere, but for stage, it doesn't work, you know? <laughs> Donna Karan, too. You know, it was yeah. like her her years or well, beginning. Even the Calvin Klein aesthetic then, you know, oh, the
0: slip dress, minimal. right? Like, minimal. Like,
1: nothing there to be excited for stage. So I, and, and I was doing a lot of leather just before, so I started designing, you know, uh, stage costumes for her, Mixed with, like, I I would work with some people, some houses. But, you know, the need was, when I started with her, was so great. Because she was breaking out. She needed, like, you know, to do all these shows and stuff. And, you know... I needed to create things for, in order to have some stage looks. So I I, I did a lot of white leather at, at this point, you know, like uh, white leather jumpsuits and jackets, blazers and stuff that, you know, I created for her. And that also became kind of a signature at that point. Oh, my God, this is like years ago. Um, but anyway, all that to say that there's like a... a Almost, It's almost like a specialty, you know? You become like uh, stage clothes or stage costumes. I hate that word, but that's what it's called usually. Uh, It's almost like a specialty in itself. But nowadays, I feel that many designers um, have turned to that because many designers... You know, I've been like wanting to dress celebrities. The celebrity world is now, you know, it's it's like so important, and everything is fluid now. Like you know, everyone does everything. Um, so I think that it's you know it just became something that designers like couture houses know how to do, and more stylists are good at doing that. So definitely things have evolved things have changed and also stylists are now way more respected than like you know 15 20 years ago but with so much power and influence yes. really
0: too like a stylist truly has the power to to change the career of a of a designer to take people out of the shadows yeah, and into the true. spotlight
1: it's crazy and it's great because you know uh, it's it was really a behind the scene job. It's it's still that. I think the essence of it, you know, is is that is you know to to, to make someone shine when we're talking about of course celebrity work. Um, so it's pretty behind the scene. But it's great that now, you know, the the, the you know, it's recognized the importance and the, you know what it it, it cause it can bring so much more, you know, to the table. But um, it's true that um, before it was like um, not so recognized, and in 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 some industries, you, you you know you would feel like the role of a stylist was uh, you know like uh, I don't know not diminished but a little bit uh, not anymore. I think. It's funny because when you think of Grace Cuddington and some amazing talents like that, mostly women, yeah, um, you know, were not now, you know, of course, they're stars like Grace is a God. But, you know, she could have been, uh, uh, you know, recognized for work way before, you know, during the, the time of you know, Avedon and all these great photographers. We we hear we heard only about these great men, you know, being behind like these amazing images. But I'm sorry, these stylists that created what was on these images were as good, are as good. But you know, I think that um, now you know it's a, how do you say that like due time yeah, it's they're they're having
0: their moment it's they're they're getting their due Yeah, <laughs> it's about time it's it, the rule of the of the stylist always struck me a little bit as being able to see what was within the person and bring it out in an expression mm-hmm. of of clothing and that's where magic can yeah, it's really well said. happen
1: it's well said
0: and as you were talking about you know how you were playing in various elements with like doing celebrity and uh, video shoots mm-hmm. and all sorts of things that reminds me a little bit of your of your current state <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because you're very busy with uh, with working with Kanook outerwear and people can go back and listen to the interview with Michelle Lepage about the the history of this amazing outerwear brand how did you become involved with Kanook?
1: well actually with Michelle we created this partner we we realize that because he's more from the marketing world that's his experience and having worked for because now it's been like, you know, 15, 20 years that I, I, I started doing artistic direction with brands with like different, you know, mostly Canadian brands um, so I would work with them on their campaigns on concepts and everything and I realized at one point that I had the um, the reflexes, the you know, of of someone who works in marketing you know, it was not only the creatives, it was also like, you know, what works for that brand? What doesn't work? Like, you know, what's the need? What, you know, what is You're the like new the client? You're like triple threat. You can make the clothes, you can style the clothes and you have the marketing mind for the clothes. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say, I, you know, I have the marketing mind, but I realized that, you know, this is something that, you know, when I, I was sitting down with um, like uh, agencies, like advertising agencies, you know, long time ago, I was like, mm, I'm not, you know, I'm not dumber than them. I I can definitely come up with you know some some good ideas for for these clients, and so that's when I decided to you know to do artistic direction on and not styling only because um it was like for me like i I would see things as a whole you know i was like it's impossible not to reunite these these things together and anyway for me it was natural so when i met michelle we we worked on you know a few uh clients together he was a, a marketing director we hit it off we 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 got along so well and he thought like me that we needed to offer them you know the two things hand in hand instead of having like most company will have you know their marketing like side like thinking and um you know we'll hire some creatives for you know but there's no link like in Canada we saw that often that kind of um, you know missing link so we created that partnership and that kind of uh, agency service um, for a few clients together and Canuck became uh, you know one of them and is still a great great client that we um, love working like developing things for because it's you know it's a, it's a great challenge because like you said the history of Canuck is 50 years and um, there's definitely a um, in Quebec like um, how can I say Uh, there's um, a love like um, uh, you know the the brand is is much respected much loved but it was very dusty you know the image was super dusty the products were not interesting anymore like since quite a few years and uh, even though the company was still respected and loved there was like oh this is old you know this is not for for the young people because the designs look like a brand like it looks so modern like
0: it looks like a streetwear brand that just came out of nowhere well actually
1: at some point um, you know at the beginning we were working on the image and we were not involved in the product but at some point because I was also doing the styling because we would develop you know the concepts and the direction and the you know uh, the, the everything to to do the, to create the rebranding of, you know, that brand, uh, together, Michelle and I, but I was also preparing everything, the styling of the shoots of the campaigns on the other side. And I was like trying to improve the products, but the products were not kind of following the image we were creating. And so at some point I pro- I proposed um, to tweak a few things, you know, like little things here and there on the product. And uh, President Richard Laniel was uh, absolutely wonderful and, and quite open and, you know, uh, was happy to make changes and tweaks and stuff like really quickly before shoots and then adapt these products for sale after. So and After that's the magic. Yes, that's you, where your exactly.
0: expectations will be managed all the way through, from you know discovering the campaigns through yep. to purchasing the product.
1: Yes, it has to. You know, it's that link that's important, and um, and and you don't want you know the image to you know to 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 be in front, but the product not to follow. Everything has to be equal and, you know, go hand in hand. So again, Michelle and I, you know, during that time, like just like two years ago, we realized that, you know, that aspect also... We had to like include in the in the offer we, we were giving, and um, and so uh, Richard Laniel at this point also asked me if I wanted to um, create a few styles that would be, you know, a little bit more. Um, um, high-end, let's say, well, the product is already of a very high quality, but a little bit more fashion forward. Um, so, so that was also, uh, you know, the consulting was not only on you know, the image, the styling and everything, it became also working with the designers and the pattern maker uh, inside of the, in, you know, in, in-house and, and develop the product and, you know, make it uh, look more worldly. Uh, so I, I love that. It's, it's funny because it, like, brings back also, you know, my first, um, my first love with creating clothes, which is also a fun part. Well, and your full
0: circle moments continue mm-hmm. because you're also the creative director at El Canada. Yes, So yes. The, the, the And El Quebec. And El Quebec, pardon me. Mm-hmm. So you're, no, good. you're uh, you know, the 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 magazine that you went to and said, Hey, can I write a
1: column? You're Yeah, isn't that funny? It's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's 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 it's, uh, it's that's when I realized that I was like, that's life is has some funny turns. And funny sometimes. turns mm-hmm. and What is it
0: like working in fashion media right now? Because certainly, you know, print has had peaks and valleys and Mm -hmm. a roller coaster of existence over the past 5, 10, 15 years. Mm
1: -hmm. I I believe in in print. Um, You know, I think that um, it's... Well, you know, I love magazines and I still, you know... uh, there's other ways now to, to um, you know, to appreciate uh, magazines. But I think that, um, you know, there's still great, great creativity and it's of great importance. Um, and, you know, we, we, we try working with the best photographers or journalists, uh, the both editor-in-chief of both magazines, Um you know, are always like after you know working with the best collaborators for for writing and everything. So, L is a brand that's you know it's it's a great brand. It's a beautiful brand. It's international, and you know there's many uh, other L's in different countries. So, um, discovering it now, you know the big, in that's a new adventure for me. But you know, it's it's like I wouldn't say it's a big family but you know I was in Paris just two weeks ago for the fashion week and um or three weeks I'm all mixed up but (laughs) two weeks anyway not too long ago um and there was um you know uh uh, like um a morning where you know everyone like all the, the the people from different L got together and stuff and uh it's 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 strong, it's, it can be powerful because you're going to have like stories, like fashion stories or articles that can like be, you know, taken from El Italia, translated for El Canada and same thing the other way around. So there's an exchange and it's, it's it's super interesting I'm I'm yeah I'm discovering all that and uh, it definitely is great for my love of, of fashion images and creating stories and my curiosity for new artists because it's you know it's just like uh, nice to be able to you know to 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 meet artists photographers uh, stylists uh, hair and makeup people and just like you know, create things together. And, um, and it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's, 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 I would say surprising how <laughs> it, you know, like can be like overwhelming because it's two magazines and after all, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot of, of work, but it's, um, super creative and I'm very grateful. I can, I can hear the
0: the, the love still like talking about, mm. you know, your work now with the same part of me, passion and, and affection as when you were talking about, you know, being young and watching your mm-hmm. eccentric mom, you know, embrace that <laughs> form of expression. It's true. Mm-hmm. Annie, thank you so much for being here. This has been an absolute pleasure. People can, you know, learn more about Canuck at canuck.official. They can follow along at L Quebec and L Canada if people are looking forward to uh, following along the podcast, it's at Fashion Talks Pod. A big thank you to CAFA, our producing partners in this uh, in this podcast. You can learn more about CAFA at CAFA Awards. That's C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S. And until next time, I'm Donna Bishop and this is Fashion Talks. Thank you. Thank you.